This episode is supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor, which is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor that we have ever used in our parenting journey. What we love about it is that there's no physical contact with your baby because they use sensor fusion technology. And if you know smart monitors, you know that so many of them have like your baby wear a sock or a band around their chest in order to monitor their breathing. But Miku doesn't, and it really stands apart for that. It works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions and uses crypto security. So this is like government level anti-hacking security, which is amazing because we have all heard those baby monitor horror stories that really used to keep me up at night before getting the Miku. The monitor offers HD video and photo and amazing night vision. There's also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone, which means that Miku not only plays original sleep sounds and lullabies, but allows you to talk to and comfort your baby. You can check it out at MikuCare.com, and if you use the promo code FAMILYTREE10, you're getting 10% off. This is available in the U.S. only, and again, that is MikuCare.com and FAMILYTREE10. Hello, everybody. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour. On this Family Tree Podcast, episode 172. We got a bit of a date night-esque episode for you tonight, and I'm really excited about it. But Shane, before we get into things, right, and like we've got maybe some relationship-themed questions for each other that we're going to discuss, but I just changed a poopy diaper right before we were going to start. And as I was changing that, like after I changed the poopy diaper when I was giving Betty a tickle to fall asleep again... I just casually opened my phone and saw that there might finally be evidence of UFOs, and now that's all I can think about. Well, all UFO means is unidentified flying object. I mean of extraterrestrial origin, though. Like, I mean, like, real UFOs as we imagine them to be. Did you Have you seen this yet? It just came out today. Uh, do you follow Joe Rogan on Instagram? Because <laughs> every week he's saying stuff like no so a very well respected person in the u.s military is now being called a whistleblower because he was saying that the u.s military has like been hiding these captured ufos or crashed ufos from congress and from the government and has been studying them to turn them into weapons and like understand their technology but it's like huge it came out at 4 p.m and now that's all i can think about and i think there's a 90% chance that in the next five years, we're going to have proof that there is aliens. Get them on the pod. Right? But what do you think? I want to know what percentage you think in the next five years, there will be evidence of aliens. I mean, if we can get Alyssa Milano and Dr. Drew on this pod, <laughs> anything's possible. Yeah. Why not? Five years. Yeah. Anything's possible. But I mean, what percentage do you think? You can't. I mean, Jesus could come down tomorrow and say, what's up, Shane? And all of a sudden, that'd be my new reality. Jesus. He's definitely real. <laughs> or is it God? Jesus, think... Jesus is God's son? Yes. They're either... one in the same, but also the son. It's, it's confusing. It'd be cool to meet either one of them. But would you be surprised if you met God tomorrow? Yes. I guess I, I guess anyone would be. But do you think that we are more likely in the next five years to see aliens or God? Well, God probably created the aliens. <laughs> if there is a God, he, I'd say definitely created the aliens. does each God get its own planet? Ooh. Like, do religious people believe that God built the whole universe, like every element of it? Yeah. 
Oh, so not just Earth. No. Oh, my, I always thought God just looked after Earth. No, my understanding is that God created everything that's in existence. But then what if you had aliens that were trying to kill humans? Then I'm sure religions would be like, they are not God's aliens. So if you're sinning on Jupiter, it's just as bad <laughs> as if you're doing it on Earth. Can you imagine like 100 years from now, they just turn Jupiter into the sin planet where well. you can go? <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> take. Um. Anyway, Shane, I have to explain something here. Getting off the alien topic, but obviously I am excited about it. I apologize for what you're looking at. And what you're looking at is me with a thick white uh, clay face mask on that's been sitting on my face. And now we're at the point of it like flaking off whenever I say things. And it's because... I'm about to get my period. My face had like tiny, you couldn't even notice them, tiny little bumps that you couldn't even notice. And then I started getting anxious. So I looked in the mirror and I just started like picking at things. And I was like, oh, I look terrible now. What's the best thing to do? Throw on this face mask so you can look at this rather than my picked over skin. Yeah, men aren't worried about women in face masks. I dislike when women think they're being all like cheeky or brave by showing themselves in a, a green face mask or white face. And they're like, I'm a monster. Oh, I don't think that's a thing. I think that's just like skincare time. But so many times in your Instagram, you'll have you'll be wearing like a face mask and you'll be like, and act like it's only scary. if I do a scary face. I don't inherently think it's scary. Sometimes you won't. You'll do the blank face. And you'll act like that's scary. Because it does look kind of freaky, okay? Okay. Well, don't apologize for looking at that because you're using it as a cover-up device. Well, I was and just And I think feeling, in some ways it women look good in those masks. I think so too, but I was feeling self-conscious about my skin. Do you ever get skin picky? Uh, do I pick my skin? Like like little pimples and stuff? Or like things that aren't a pimple and you just like pick it and then you make it worse? Hmm. I'm trying to think what couldn't be a pimple. <laughs> Oh, a caterpillar's on my head. Oh, no, no, it's embedded into my skull. No, it's just maybe like a tiny little bump and you're like, yeah, get away. And then you just make it worse. Yeah, I don't know. My face and skin are a mess. Not since you got those two moles removed. It's looking good. I thought you liked the moles. Now I find out moles gone. You, you okay. always hated them. You know what? I loved the moles. I did. And I'm not just saying that. I, well, I liked the one a lot because it was there since I knew you. But then the second one just kind of popped up. So that one I did not feel partial to. Did not yeah. care about that but one. You liked the one mole. And I was trying to get this one big mole removed off my face for years. And Alice would go, no, don't. I like it. Turns out you didn't like it that much. No, the I did The second I got removed, you're like, Mola Shane is no so much way. cooler. Listen, it's cooler because Mola Shane is cooler in the sense that when I'm like giving you a head massage or a forehead tickle now. Less blood. You're not like, ooh, Alex, don't touch my mole. Well, it hurts when you're pulling on a mole and you're ripping it open <laughs> with your large fingernails. All right, Shane, are you ready to get into our questions? So I've got three, you've got three. <laughs> what are you You're looking moving at along like quick. I like it. Let's go. No topic can be stayed on for too long with Alex. I like that. That's not a criticism. Okay. Are you ready? Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I don't have mine handy, so you start. Okay. What is the cringiest thing a partner can do or that Good you've question. had experience with? Because I haven't. The second I thought of that question, I was like, oh, and I shuddered. Do I do do the thing? No. Okay. The cringiest thing partner can do. Without without being like bad. You know what I mean? Without being like a serious thing. Hmm. Oh, I I would think if they're rude to a waiter, that would be the cringiest. Oh, that's awful. Or take 
I have a thing with ordering food too. If we're ordering food and the person's a bad orderer, and I'm not saying I'm good all the time because I've actually put you in terrible predicaments <laughs> with me ordering badly. And because I'm not always great at it, when I fail to order correctly, I'm humiliated and I'm cringing. And when <laughs> I'm with someone who's doing it terribly, I'm cringing there. Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's a big cringy one. Although I, I I really don't care. Like Shane gets really anxious about this if we are in a drive through line, like at McDonald's or Tim Hortons. And then Shane just turns on in anxious mode the second the person's like, hi, welcome to Morton's. Can I take your order? He goes, he'll go from cool to totally not cool. Because <laughs> you're like, um, hi. Shane's like, who's uh, getting what donut? Who's getting sour cream glaze? What are we getting? Um, could you tell me all the bagels? <laughs> Shane, okay. they have different bagels. Every Sometimes they don't have a cheese bagel. Sometimes they don't have the cinnamon. It is annoying. The bagel... Yeah system needs to be fixed at tim hortons Mm -hmm. but that needs to be googled and looked at on your phone before you go in and you need to have a backup bagel choice they are not updating their bagel choices every day at that our local tim hortons they are not doing go with the standard bagel but point is not to digress (laughs) too much there's a lot of ums there's Mm -hmm. a lot of passing the ball to me when i'm not ready it's like you've never seen a menu before at like Tim Hortons is the Canadian staple. If you don't know a McDonald's menu and a Tim Hortons menu off the top of the dome and you don't know your order and you live in Canada for more than a year, something's wrong with you. Shane, Tim Hortons like changes their menu every six months. They had on a buffalo chicken wrap that I was getting so frequently. It was delicious. It was maybe one of the best items that they've had in years. One day, gone just gone so it's like okay i've been ordering this one thing for six months and now i'm just forced to change last minute because they didn't warn me they were getting rid of it it's not like they have abundance of great items you either get a donut a bagel or one of their (laughs) new items that's probably not going to be wonderful okay do you want to hear my cringy thing yeah it's when you're in public or like it's it's even cringier when you're with close friends and family and you're with your partner and they are just acting like uh, like a know-it-all or like super pompous about something and they, they like won't step down or they won't make room for somebody correcting them. Mm-hmm. And somebody that can't be corrected in a graceful way yeah. is one of the cringiest things. And I, I dated several people like that and nothing I think made my blood boil more and made me like want to vomit. Because I was like, you just seem stupid now, and you seem like an asshole now. And it was awful. Yeah, I think you're smarter than most people, so you would be correcting people. But I also think that you have a little bit of that in you. Yeah, but I'm not going to do that in public. I will leave room. I will do that with you, who I feel comfortable with. I'm not going to do that in front of like people I don't know and be like, nope, I'm right. Will I? Maybe. Oh, no, When? When? Well, I can't. That's the hardest thing when someone plays the when game. But this definitely happened. I, I've definitely done it. Um, yeah, I would say I've been cringy in that way for sure. I thought you were for sure going to say if a couple is arguing in public. Because oh, I, I find yeah. even if I say to you, uh, Alex, come here for a second. You'll be like, stop it. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is looking at us. It's like, what do you mean? I'll be like, get out of We'll talk about this later. <laughs> you think we're arguing in public when I'll just say your name a certain way and you'll get so sensitive 
about I, it. You know, I do hate it. And that's because when I see a couple arguing in public, I'm like, oh, who's on the road to a divorce? And that's where my yeah, brain goes. But wait till it's an argument. You don't even let it go into normal. Like if you're a little bit too far away and I'm like, Alex, over here, you will go back into your shell. It is it that freaks me out, but that's in like a more like deep and serious way than just like so paranoid. Like you're so paranoid. But that's the thing. It's like it for me that is not just cringy. That's like actually deep and yes, I can tell. Yeah. Um, is there a cringe thing that somebody can do that maybe would bother you with other people, but not with me? Because I have a big one with you. It would okay, so it would bother if someone else did it. Um, you tend to burp in my <laughs> face a lot. There's a lot of face burping, and your burps like are weird. Like your body okay, depends what we handles eaten. food differently. I feel like whatever you have going on in your stomach that creates smells. Okay, this is making me anxious and hot. Hold on, I have to take off my sweater because now I'm sweating with nerves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, you don't mind my burps, though? Is that what you're getting at? It's less offensive. I'm not annoyed. It's more comical. If if a friend or someone <laughs> I just met was doing that, I'd be like, what are they doing? Or or I would think something was seriously wrong with them. What if, like, a girl that, like, if your ex-girlfriends were burping on you, though, like, cringy or no? I, I, it's never happened until you. Well, I'm sorry, Shane. Sometimes I don't think it's going to be a big deal, and then it is a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? When you try to sneak just a tiny little burp out because you can just feel the gas just kind of building up and you're like, oh, this is going to be, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a cute little dainty one, but then it's not. Oh, I didn't know dainty burps existed, but no, yeah. Okay, but so. Go on with it. For you, it's the food on the face. So like, if I was having dinner or just, even just when it was just <laughs> the two of us, what? No, this is funny. No, so like, I could be eating with anybody. It could be only the two of us. It could be us with family. It could be us out in public. If they had food on their face and neglected to wipe it off, I would be so repulsed. I almost broke up with somebody on our like third mm. date because they had pasta sauce on their face and didn't realize. And then I told them they did and they wiped it off. Perfectly normal situation. You could have burped it off their face. <laughs> but every time I looked at them after that for the next year, all I could see was pasta sauce all over their freaking lips. It was disgusting. But you will often get, you know, some pasta sauce or pizza sauce or <laughs> wing sauce at the Mostly side of wings. the corners of your mouth. Just wings. Well, you're, no, whatever we eat, it generally gets on your face and it doesn't bother me at all. Want to know a little secret about yourself? <laughs> it does for you too. You get a lot of food on your face. More than any woman I've ever been around. Hey, this isn't a roast, Shane. It, it's not. But if we were eating a roast, there'd be gravy all over <laughs> your face. I was just about to make that joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> be less witty. Okay, be less quick. <laughs> Give 30 seconds that I could think about my joke and then get it mm -hmm. in there. But Shane, do you have a question for me? Yes. Okay. If I died and you could have the option of living with a ghost version of myself or another flesh and blood partner who wasn't me, which would you choose? Keep in mind, ghost version cannot be touched but my presence will be there. So you can have like me around, but not really. Okay, hold on. Or someone new with Can flesh. there be like a combo? So it's like ghost roommate Shane and emotional support Shane, and then somebody else that I could just like put a blindfold on and 
get cuddles from? Will you talk to me? No. You have to choose either a flesh and blood person or go Shane. I mean, I can control the wind look. a little bit, so you can get some sort of feeling. <laughs> okay, like if it was up to me, babe, of course I would choose you. But who am I to, you know, get involved with the living and the dead? I mean, I think that's just beyond what a human should get involved with. So I just might say, <laughs> let, you trying let to be funny, Alex, rest. is cringe for me. <laughs> let the dead rest. <laughs> When you get into comedy bit, Alex, that is Was that is comedy or was that just me existentially thinking about what kind of relationship I want to have when you die? That's Ghost or real human, That's okay? That's a good point. I, and I do find you funny. But So what do you choose again? Sorry, I got lost in the universe. Well, I, at risk of throwing off the whole ecosystem of the universe and God and everything, I mean, I think I'd have to go with the human. I don't want to haunt myself or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. No, but I would really miss your presence. I, I don't want to think about you dying, honestly, because I cannot stand the thought. Like, in all seriousness, it really freaks me out to think about. Mm -hmm. And you being six years older, probably going to go first. And Okay, lupus. <laughs> I can't. Honestly, well, look at you. You got a broken rib right now. Broken rib has only to do with my uh, basketball playing. Yeah, I heard that that can sometimes cause like a collapsed lung. Oh, it can. Yes, for sure. But I guess I'm getting the broken rib or the bruised rib because I my bones are more brittle because I am older. <laughs> I, I might have early form of osteoporosis or something. <laughs> Not that I even know what that is, but it sounds I, like an old person. Word. I know women get it from the old milk commercials. They used to talk a lot about that. Osteoporosis. Yeah. Drink milk. Um, okay, Shane, I have another question for you. Well, and if you're looking to spin it around on me. Oh, I wanted to. Yeah. Hotter lookalike. Hotter look like, but then you don't have my winning personality or burps. No, she's exactly like you. Less burps, hotter. But still burps, or would you forego the burps altogether? She burps a little bit. All right, I dig that. But I'm it, kind of flattered. They just don't smell like <laughs> somebody died. <laughs> okay, um, next question. What's something that you're glad you'll never have to do again? Have kids. Yes, but like you never had them. What? So you mean like going through? This is a through, hell of a thing to learn. You mean going through like the baby phase? Well, if the assumption is I meant giving birth and going through labor, <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I meant having children again and starting the, no. the the family, like you having the kids and us being in that hellish early phase. Mm, that was so tough. Like no one loves that. Even people who love little babies, they don't love that. Like. Sleeplessness, everything associated with your body feeling got hit by a bus. It was awful. Yeah, that was, it was hard. I'm glad we don't have to go through that too. But I was thinking along the lines of um, personally for me, bartending. I just cannot stay up late anymore. And as a bartender, like I'd be home at 4 a.m., you know, after a shift. And People treat people in the service industry like crap. I was having this conversation today, which kind of made me think of it, because uh, I was listening to a young person talk about how three older drunk people came into her subway at one minute before close, when she had basically shut everything down and cleaned everything up. Subway sandwich shop. Mm -hmm. And they were like demanding... This is like from a teen, like a young teenager. And they were demanding and like yelling at her sandwiches from her. 
And then she had served them their sandwiches. They were on their way out and she really closed everything down because it was like 10 minutes past close. And then a fourth person came in and was like, I'm with them. I need a sub. And she said no. And then these people wouldn't leave and were like waiting for them to leave work. And they were like people in their 30s or 40s. And people generally just treat service people terrible. So I think this, I think, you know how like a lot of countries make you do a year of military service when you turn 18? Everyone should work at a subway for a year or like? (laughs) Not subway, but some kind of hospitality. Most people do though. Like that's most people's first job, is it not? I don't. I don't know. I think I you just so. forget. You, no, but you behind do the house, people like people might be in the kitchen, dishwashers. I think everybody needs to be like face to face for one year with customers in that capacity. And you will learn so much empathy. Yeah, not bad. I don't know. I think it's just hard to change certain people. I went to a McDonald's the other day and there was the best woman working ever. She was just like, hello, you look like you want a Happy Meal or whatever. Like she was just so conversational. And then I said, I want a cheeseburger. And she's like, how about this? How about you get a Happy Meal? Like she was upselling me, but in the friendliest way. And and then I was like, was she just doing that to me? Because she's like, I don't know, thinks I'm a strapping young lad. But no, she did it to everyone. And this woman worked at a McDonald's near a high school where you face the worst people Mm -hmm. in the world. And everyone loved her and she loved everyone. And it was, that's amazing. I don't know. It it's was, standout, it was inspiring. Eh? Yeah. It's standout. So I had a nice experience today. I was like, mm, I need something sweet because, you know, getting my period, whatever. There was a place by my work today called Baklava King. And I've driven past it so many times. And I'm like, I wonder if the baklava is good there. It's got to be if they're called Baklava King. And it's the only thing they sell. So I went in and I was like, ah, I'm going to get one baklava. Which one's your favorite? And he's like, well, we don't just sell one. Like, you got to buy lots because they're so tiny mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay i'm only gonna get one and he's like i'm just gonna give them to you and then he ended up giving me three for free well i like him <laughs> he's probably on a podcast right now get this woman comes in i tell her you gotta buy a lot she still she says no i'm just gonna buy one little itsy one i i say mockingly almost okay i'll give it to you for free she goes thank you and leaves honestly alex no i wanted some money no i was like oh let me pay for that and he's like no 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 and here these two are my favorite take these and then he gave them to me and i was like are you sure yes Uh oh and i was like feeling great they were so good they were so good so i gave them an insta shout out just to say thank you i didn't know what else to do okay i might only have two questions because you had my last question i said what is an annoying habit that you find endearing about me Mm. yeah food on face sauce on face specifically okay if you could have any room in the house always be clean what would you choose hold on i changed my answer something endearing about you so the sauce on the face is just the thing that doesn't bother me but the endearing thing about you that is like kind of annoying mm-hmm. is just that even if I'm like feeling kind of angry and just like I want to huff and puff around, you just always make jokes and then I got to laugh because they're always funny. Even if they're not funny and they're so stupid, just the fact that you're making them and trying to make me laugh is funny. Mm. So it's like kind of annoying, but it's very endearing. Uh-huh. Well, I'd say how you can always bump into a door frame when you're leaving <laughs> a room. I'm full of bruises. Yeah, it's. It's an interesting, lovable quality. 
Um, okay, so sorry. What was your actual question? If one room in the house could always be clean, what room would you choose? C- can I just say, like, we have, like, an open concept living room slash kitchen. Can no. I just say this room? No. Ugh. Kitchen. I just think that things always at least feel a little more together when the kitchen is just, like, perfect looking. Even if things are not together. It just gives the illusion. And then I just feel cleaner or something. I'm going to say bedroom. Well, the the bedroom would be the dream. And like it's a disaster right now. And it's not even a messy clothes disaster necessarily because it is that too. But it's a clean clothes disaster. Like we have a mountain of clean clothes that are going to take three days to put away. Just waiting for somebody to have the time to put them away. The worst is when the clean clothes start meeting up with the dirty clothes. And then you don't know what's clean, what's dirty. It's such a waste. It's a waste of everything. Time, laundry detergent. Oh, I'm not saying you rewash everything. You re-smell everything. (laughs) But yeah, okay. Yeah, we've got that question. What's your question? Okay, my final question. Now, close your eyes because I'm going to put you in a place, okay? My eyes are closed. Nuclear war has ravaged our city. It's no longer safe. Why are you saying it's so sexy? I'm not. Shane, I'm creating a scene here. Well, be scarier then. It's It's no longer safe. We've just been told that we have three days to move before toxicity levels reach deadly. Where are we going? What do you bring? We've already talked about this. Well... What are you bringing? I don't know if we've talked about what you're bringing. Okay. Just to mix it up, I'll say Toronto. Okay. And a tuxedo. That's only dumb. Be- only because when you said toxicity <laughs> levels, it sounded like tux. Uh, Toronto's the worst place to go. It would, like, every well, post- I don't want to see your cottage because we've already had that conversation. Okay. Well, we're going to the cottage. But what would you bring with you? Because I don't remember anything that we'd bring. And I put three things down. I would bring the Nintendo system because I think it's the best way to pass the time. I would bring podcast equipment because we could either use it to podcast our days and leave it for like survivors in the future to listen to what we went through. Or we can use it to be like, hey, is anybody else out there kind of thing. And then the last thing I put was our memory box upstairs so the kids could remember that they had good times before the nuclear holocaust. How does... How do we communicate through the podcast equipment? It, I just assume that every little black box with technological powers can be a radio. Mm-hmm. Can it be a radio somehow? I don't know. Sometimes we get a frequency where we can hear music yeah. on it. Maybe. So there you go. There's got to be a way. Neither one of us are just smart enough to know how to do it. Yeah. But maybe we meet another survivor who's a nerd. It could happen. Okay, uh, that is the opening part. Now, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make, I am telling you, the best basics for your littles. They're fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, and timeless, and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low-impact, non-toxic dyes. Mini Miyash also now has a women's collection, which is huge and something I've been looking forward to. This is called the M and West Collection. 
It's simple. It's made out of French terry. It's ethically and sustainably produced. And it's everything you loved about mini miosh for your kids. But you can wear it too. And it feels amazing and looks obviously very, very cute. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it. And they believe that every little bit counts. So you can find mini miosh online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. They're available in Canada and in the U.S. and it is one use per customer. So load up your cart. You will not, not be sorry. Again, this is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. We are also supported by True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. One way we're doing this is through eliminating single-use plastics in our household. And that can be a daunting task. But if you start small, start with one thing, it suddenly becomes so much more doable. So the place we started was in our laundry room with laundry detergent bottles. They take up so much space. They are so bulky. And they use so much plastic. So True Earth detergent comes in these pre-measured soluble strips and you simply rip them apart and put them in your washer. It is so easy and the best part is that the packaging is so compact. It has drastically changed the look of our laundry room because there is no plastic used in the creation of them. And as a family who have kids with really sensitive skin, we go for the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everybody's skin, but still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and super clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. This is good for a single order or as a part of a larger subscription, and they have so many sustainable products on their website. You gotta go give it a look, give it a shop. You're going to love it. Take my word. Again, that is true.earth and this family tree 10. Now, welcome to the mailbag segment. This is a segment where Alex takes you, the listener, your questions, answers them, and I kind of sit back and chime in. Okay, so the first question we have today, do you think that money can buy happiness? And there's actually two conflicting studies here. So the first study was done in 2010, and they said, Not really. There's, and we've talked about this like years ago, but there's a wall that you hit. Shane, where do you think this study landed? The wall that you hit where it makes you happy. Most people know that 70 something thousand is the sweet spot. Yeah. So it's 75. Yeah. So that was in 2010. But then more recently, the guy that led that study teamed up with a guy who wanted to do a new study and they came to the conclusion that, yeah, money can buy you happiness. There's going to be people that no matter what, like 20% of people that no matter how much money they have, they're going to be unhappy and they're going to be miserable. However, for most people, wealth increase most likely means happiness increase. And there's not necessarily a plateau upwards of 200,000. I think for me to be happy, happy, I would need... Like 10 million <laughs> a year. <laughs> what are you spending that on even? Exactly. I don't, I want to have that problem. I want to be like, oh, I could never spend this. And that security is what makes me feel safe. Anything less, you can always, something can happen. Okay. Like considering nothing in our lives is worth more than, you know, not that. It's like, even if something happened, we, we wouldn't need that kind of money to fix it. 
Unless it was like we had to pay to get onto some fancy spaceship to take us off Earth because the aliens were taking Earth. No. Like, let's say I get in a car accident and I'm immobilized and unable to Mm. uh, be employed. 10 mil can last me a long time. What do you think insurance is on that? Like, if that happened to you, right, do we get any kind of, like, body insurance? Maybe, but it's not 10 mil. I'm telling you, you need 10 mil. (laughs) You start with 10 mil. Anything less is just financial stress somehow. No, I I get that. I'm happy with that. I say let's shoot for the stars because at least we'll land among the lesser millions or hundreds of thousands hopefully isn't it shoot for the moon even if you miss it you'll land among the stars yes but i'm saying if we're shooting for the 10 million we'll land That's among the moon. lesser millions okay or hundreds of thousands got you <laughs> thousands i don't know i hope that helps the listener <laughs> money might buy happiness for some people but for others you're doomed um next question serena williams announced her pregnancy to her daughter and it received some backlash as it turns out she said I went to the doctor, and it turns out I'm not getting fat. There's a baby in my belly. What are your thoughts on this? Because she received a lot of backlash for using the word fat. So I have the clip. Do you want to hear it? It's Mm -hmm. pretty heartwarming. Hold on. So it's... (laughs) Now Alex has received backlash (laughs) (laughs) for taking a side. So it's Serena and her husband and their little daughter, Olympia, just sitting there talking. Remember how you've been praying for a little sister or brother? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I, we went to the doctor, and it turns out I'm not getting fat, but I have a baby in my belly. Are you kidding me? No. You're going to be a big sister. Whoa, that hurt my ears. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little kid uh, squeal. So, you know, there's there's obviously something to it. Like, the way she said it, I feel like maybe the kid had said something, but in that context alone, she doesn't apply any meaning to fat. She doesn't apply any positive or negative meaning to fat. She just says, I'm getting fat. Well, I'm not getting fat. Either. I am because of the baby. I don't know. But to me, it just it's like a neutral the way she uses it there. What do you think? I think I just there's words I don't know anything like, for instance, um, I'll say it now, but I would never say it in real life like Jew. I would never say that word. I would never be like, you know, I just, I don't know how to use it. I don't know what people are comfortable with. Um, and fat, again, I say it here. I would never say it in real life because right. I don't know how people take it. It's too much of a, oh, you're you're not that. So you can't say that. And I am, what, 9% Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi that too. Um, um, yeah, so I am partially <laughs> Jewish. So I could probably be more comfortable saying Jew than fat. But both. Anything I'm not 100% comfortable, I don't like saying. It doesn't really fly out of my mouth properly. Well, look, even I was comfortable saying a word to describe my own nationality. And you were like, oh, that's not a great word to use. And I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Like a, for, for Polish. Well, I, I think a lot of people might consider that a slur. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard enough talking about ourselves, let alone <laughs> things that we are not. And here's the thing. When it comes to like the word Jew, I think what makes it harder is that you and I both kind of grew up on Jewish comedies and mm-hmm. with Jewish movies and directors and things like that where they toss around that word so frequently. So... 
in my head, I just see Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld being like, oh, yeah, he's a Jew. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that's how normal people talk. But no. no. Another word I can't say, even though it's in LGBTQ, I cannot say queer. I cannot make it normal. I can't be like, oh, I'm going to a queer show tonight and make it feel normal. What's a queer show? A show for for gay people. Like oh, that's yeah, entirely yeah. gay. Yeah, yeah. Like I like at, at um just for laughs, they they've had them or something yeah, something yeah. like that. They're, but I could never say that comfortably and feel mm-hmm. like I'm not going to get in trouble right now. I I even have trouble saying like <laughs> like, you know, Oh, the guy on my team. Yeah, he's a black guy or something. Like I, I couldn't. Black is like I have trouble saying. Um, it's funny because your grandmother was a lot like my grandmother. Both dead. God bless their souls. Uh, but they were both very similar, like British, whatever, and you know th- that kind of background. And my granny would always say funny words just because they had different meaning, and I. Oh my gosh, it was nuts to hear her speak. Just because she'd be, she'd say the word queer, and it's like you read English literature, and it's in there so much. But as like that's odd, like I'd be mm-hmm. doing some, she'd be like, "Oh, what's that queer little thing you're wearing?" Or "Oh, that's queer." And I just, I, it would always stop me in my tracks. And the other thing, she always referred to cats, uh, big cats, kittens, as pussies. Mm. Um, oh, come here, pussy. And my parents kind of were doing that too a little bit because they have all these like old English books for kids. And in these like old nursery rhymes, they refer to cats as pussy. And it's just like a funny, odd little thing with language, like words like that specifically. But yeah, it's weird. It can take you aback. Yeah, words. Is there anything (laughs) harder to say? Okay, the next question. Shane, this one's for you. Have you tried the reusable pads for your period or period undies? There are so many options now, but I'm also hesitant to try something new. And what are your thoughts on menstrual cups? No input, Shane. So I have not tried the reusable pads, and I wouldn't because I just don't like pads. I don't use them. I haven't used them really aside from being pregnant even when i was younger why don't you use a pad is it because they're not marketed properly you'd feel embarrassed like an older woman no 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 i i have friends that prefer pads but i hate the feeling i just hate the feeling i like the feeling of not feeling anything there so i personally love menstrual cups people who love pads why do they love them Maybe they're just easier to change and things like that. I don't know. Like men, the thing I love, a lot of people hate or are intimidated to use. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing since I started using them a few years ago. Doesn't it get messy, spill over and stuff? I mean, you could. Have but, you ever dropped a cup filled um, with blood? <laughs> I've, had, I've had some circumstances. You know, like if you're like the middle of the night and you're tired and I, if I don't have my glasses on or something, I've had a couple accidents, but you just throw on your glasses and take care of it. But I just find them way easier, way, uh, for me, way cleaner. And it doesn't matter. What, like I can sleep the whole night without having anything to change. Because with a tampon, you might have leakage. With a pad, you might have leakage. With a cup, you're not going to have anything. And you could go an entire day of work without having to remove the cup, whatever. Like, I just find them the most convenient option. They're so easy. The one thing, I tried a disc. 
a menstrual disc. It's like a cup, but um, like a sits, yeah, yeah, it sits closer to your cervix, and it, I just couldn't get that one in. That was really tricky for me. Why don't people like cups? Because you have to be really comfortable with yourself. Because to insert a tampon, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen how a tampon goes in? Like there's an applicator, so you just kind of push it through, and your hands just stay on the outside yeah. of your vulva the whole time, right? But with a cup, you need to like. It's like they're rubbery. Have you seen mine ever? No. Okay. So they're like kind of rubbery and then you have to fold them together and then you have to put your fingers inside your vagina because then you have to put the cup in place and kind of spin it Mm -hmm. around a couple times to ensure that it's got proper suction. And the insertion is a little bit more difficult. And I know that some women are just less comfortable with that. Hmm. How long did it take for you before you were like a perfect inserter? Mm, A few periods, like a few cycles, maybe three or four cycles. And then like zero issues and it's been years now. A way to stick with it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, the next question. Khloe Kardashian struggled to bond with her son as he was born via a surrogate. Is this a common thing to happen when you don't carry the child and do dads feel this way? Is the kid still genetically hers? Yes. And Tristan Thompson's. Mm -hmm. So I watched and read um, the interview with Chloe because I didn't know about this because you and I haven't seen the newest season of the Kardashians yet. Uh, Tomorrow morning, you won't be able to say that. Well, thank goodness, because all of our other shows are done, and I'm kind of at a loss as to what we're going to do. So thank God. Good. Um, But yeah, it's tricky, right? Because when you give birth, like physically, you know, first of all, you have the baby in there. It's in you. You feel it every step of the way. You have to go to all the appointments. You're forced to be a part of the process. And then when you give birth, you release oxytocin. That's how you say it, right? That's how I say it. Yeah. You release oxytocin, which is the bonding thing. So it makes you, this chemical that's getting released makes you bond with your baby and vice versa. But Chloe was saying that, and I'm going to read this so I don't get it wrong. She was saying that she felt the guilt of paying another woman to have her baby. And then the second the woman had her baby, taking the baby into another room and like separating them, she said it felt kind of transactional and it made it hard for her well apparently she said yoink and then she just (laughs) took the baby in a car and made it squeal away the car (laughs) like a cartoon yeah (laughs) with the running sound effects from bugs bunny and only gave the woman 87 (laughs) dollars because when she heard 87 she's like oh i assume eighty-seven thousand dollars." no it was just 87 bucks Um, but it's interesting because I think Chloe's situation is very specific because not only, you know, was that different than what she had experienced with her first pregnancy, but she just found out Tristan had a baby with another lady. So that's going to put a little bit of stress on things and take you out of things a little bit. You know, I think that's old hat for Tristan at this point. I don't think she was that. She probably wasn't even stressed. She's like, Tristan, you dog. You we know. saw the episode where she finds out Shane. Okay. We watched that season of it. She was not oh, happy. I thought he had already cheated like eight times and that was like the ninth cheating. Yeah. But I think she was still believing that he was going to change. Oh, we saw that he had another baby. We saw that he cheated on her. I don't know about the baby. That's part. what I mean. That by the time 
you're cheated on it a hundred times by the baby thing. You're like, ah, go have your fun, Trist. <laughs> I don't know. But that's, that's going to be stressful, right? So anyway, she was saying that. Kim apparently was like, oh, they were easy for me. She liked her surrogate birth. They, she didn't have the same feelings as Chloe. But it is very common. Has, she, has, has Kim had any normal births? Uh, I don't know. Normal, like vaginal. Yeah, yeah. She, vaginal is a word I wasn't feeling comfortable. With. <laughs> Added to the list. Yeah, one or two. Mm. I don't know how many kids does she have. Five. I don't know. Well, there you go. See, we huge Kardashian. We got to catch up tonight. Um, but anyway, it is very, very common for both parents, uh, according to my research. And there are a lot of things you can do though if you are having a baby via surrogate to make what they call the transfer easier and like there are a lot of things you can do to ensure that you bond with your baby really early on um but those are for your doctor to tell you not me but there are lots of things you can do i would assume the second it's out of the oven Mm -hmm. you just slap it on the other mom like on like the bio mom's chest or the intended parent's chest i like bio mom better (laughs) feels like it's gonna be a new movie Well, because what i said bio mom like biological but it's like there's kind of like two biological moms right Mm -hmm. Because you're attached by the placenta to the one, but then you're made from the egg from the other. That's wild. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I would say slap it on Chloe's chest. Yeah, so the intended parent's chest. I like it. But uh, Shane, we're ending on that really scientific note. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to This this Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 172, Baby Ain't Asleep. Let's hear if we can get a good daddy from Betty. Oh, there that we was go. good. Okay, I'm going to go check on her. Yep.